listening to the Jessica Wyatt Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Wyatt from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbride. This is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation. Come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. All right. It's almost springtime. Well, I guess we're a day or two off, but by the time you're listening to this podcast, it might officially be springtime. And it's actually starting to feel a little bit more like spring. How's it feeling for you over there, Mark? I started bike commuting again. Oh, good. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have a long ride. It's probably four and a half, five miles round trip. Um, so it's a nice, easy ride. But uh, yeah, just uh, decided uh, this is this is my this is my time of year. I'm going to start and, and keep going as long as I can and and uh, figure things out as far as uh, new routes and things like that. I my little district area where our office is has a lot of construction going yeah. on. And half the road is finished, uh, so that has a nice bike path on on that half of the road. Uh, the half of the road that I live on isn't finished, so it, it's there's going to be some adjustments as time goes, and that's okay. Hmm. You, you're riding a little bigger, wider, fatter tire bike to uh, as your commuter. Um, I I'm bringing my gravel bike right now. I did do my uh, fat tire bike originally. Uh, just because I didn't know how much ice was on the road, but uh, the gravel one still, you know, two point two inch tire, so it's still pretty, uh, yeah. pretty wide, and and uh, it's a big fun bike to to ride. Wow. Well, usually about this time, we we put out some things to kind of get people inspired to start their their training, if you will, or or really start off their bike season. Although bike season is year round for for some people. Um, after we start putting out the the ragbrai information, there's a good chunk of cyclists that start thinking about, you know, hey, I think I might, you know, dust the bike off or pull it down off those hooks or, or actually take it in the bike shop and get it looked at and and, and eh, maybe even get a weekend little short ride to, to get that season going. And so we put out the first handful of ragbrai day, day routes. And so now we're starting to get people a little bit excited. And I don't know if you've seen some of the routes so far, lots of good comments. Um, we, we never really know when we put out the initial overnight towns where we're able to put those, uh, you know, the routes through because there's, there's a lot of snow and ice on the ground and we're working with engineers and all that good stuff. But usually when that comes out, people start thinking a little bit more about, hey, I better get my butt in shape and um, time to start you know, get a little training miles in. So, but you're commuting because you have the ability to commute now, not not for a training purpose. Is that right, Mark? Well, I mean, it's all training, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but but no, it's because I have the ability. I mean, I commute to work in jeans and whatever I'm wearing that day. It's not like I have to take a shower afterwards. So it's it's uh, it's a fun, easy, easy ride, and that's that's cool. I I just saw a lot less bikes than I usually see this this St. Patrick's Day when. You see a few commuters. I mean, it was a not a beautiful day in Des Moines or anything like that, but used to seeing a lot more bikes out there. And when the roads are, you know, only eighty percent because there's still like a that that wedge of ice on the on the side, usually where where you're going to position your your bicycle on the road, it, it makes it kind of tough for commuting on the roadways. And and the trails are yeah. some of them are underwater, some of them are. 
unfortunately, you know, washed <laughs> away like the Raccoon River Bridge um, that's kind of over in that, you know, that, that little jaunt over the north part of the Raccoon River Valley Trail up to, to Jefferson where they, they lost a bridge out there. So, you know, there's some serious stuff. I mean, obviously there's some serious flooding throughout our state. Certain areas aren't affected as much, but... Boy, I mean, this this is going to go down as a doozy of a of a winter in the aftermath. Yeah, the folks over at Hamburg and, and the cities over there, it's like, ooh, it doesn't look good. There's a lot of a lot of water flooding that town. That's it's uh, just a tragedy. Yeah, we've been in quite a few of those towns. I know Glenwood's experiencing it really bad. We've been there several several times. Pacific Junction is a town that you know, kind of down in a valley, and you know, a lot of those towns, boy. I mean, they they are definitely hurting. Just looking at some of those pictures, and I, we know the area pretty well. We we go down there when we're planning out rat, rides for Ragbright, et cetera. But boy, I've never seen it that bad. It is really bad in western Western Iowa, especially in that that little corner down there in in the southwest corner of our state. Yeah, um, I got a project I'm working on. What's that? Uh, so we're working, and this is with uh, Lisa Mormon, who sure. is one of the Dubuque bicyclists. We see Lisa out on the road quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lisa and I are working on a project to sign a bike route in and around Dubuque. Mm. Uh, so this is going to be a road route on county roads. Potter Hill? Um, by, Potter's Hill? By, no, no. No Potter Hill. No. Uh, but it does go to Balltown, which is a heck of a climb in itself. Yeah, sure. Um Bicycling Magazine named this one of the top 50 routes in the country, mm. um, and I think they're right. Um, it, so it, it runs from Dubuque up to Balltown, which is the highest point in Iowa, uh, and then kind of meanders around through Holy Cross and then over to Dyersville, right past the Field of Dreams, uh, in through town through Dyersville. Uh, and then you have two choices there. You can either take the Heritage Trail back in, or there's some routes that kind of go through some of the little small hamlets uh, in Dubuque County, and then ends up in Asbury, and then from Asbury, it uh, returns on the trail back to where it started at the Dubuque Heritage Pond. So, um, cool 65-mile route with some uh, some good climb to it, yeah. and uh, I think uh, I think this is a great one to start with as far as a a signed bike route. Yeah. So it's going to be turn by turn instructions the whole way. Very cool. So, yeah. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Yeah. I, I, Lisa and I are going to get in the car and go drive it uh, and put out the uh, route marker flags uh, so we know where the signs go and then get the signs ordered up. And hopefully they're in early this spring. Uh, and then we should be ready to go. So, wow. Yeah. Neat, be neat little cool. model project there. Nope. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, good. Well, I've, I've got some exciting news that I'm, I'm doing this week. So, um, you know, it's basketball fever. Um, my team, the Florida Gators, were looking on the outside, looking in on the bubble. They won a couple of games in their tournament, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, they're actually playing in my backyard right here in Des Moines. So on Thursday, no, no, on Thursday, my daughter and I, Cami, are going to go over to the go over to the well, watch watch the mighty Gators play. They're playing uh, Nevada or Nevada, if you want to call it, if you're in in Iowa. <laughs> and um, yeah, and then uh, I think Michigan plays after that. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna catch a little basketball with my daughter, and hopefully they'll they'll win on Thursday and they'll play again on Saturday. And uh, 
Just looking outside our building, we see our friends at the Iowa Craft Beer Tent have got a nice little um, setup downstairs in our courtyard because uh, trying to capture some of that basketball excitement and some of the St. Patrick's Day excitement. So they just kept this big old beer tent up for, you know, basketball, St. Patrick's Day, maybe some biking involved. It just it's starting to feel a little bit more like springtime. Well, that's cool. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. It's Thursday and hopefully Saturday. But, uh, yeah, Des Moines hosting the NCAA tournament, which people get all excited about. And they hosted it a couple of years back, and it was a huge success. So look, really looking forward to that. That's going to be just a fun little excursion and uh, just kind of a nice little, you know, nice little break, if you will. Yeah. So other big news, bicycling news. Yeah. Did you check out Bontrager and Trek's new big announcement? Have you seen that? I, well, about in the REIs? About, um, no. I saw no, that little be... thing that they're going to start um, look like do, selling some, some Bontrager stuff in, in REIs in addition to Cannondale's. What, what else nope. are you referring to, Mark? The Wave Cell Helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, new helmet design. It looks to be... I don't want to say honeycomb because it's really not the way it's looking, but it looks to replace that styrofoam in helmets. Sure. And it says it's going to be 48% more effective than a yeah. standard helmet to prevent cycling concussions. Uh, I, wow. I saw a glimpse across my wire, but I, I you know, didn't touch or feel or anything like that. So kind of excited, though. Anything that improves health and safety of cyclists is is a good thing. So, yeah, it's going to be kind of, kind of yeah. neat to see the – you know, I mean, helmets aren't really good looking. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, they look kind of kind of goofy and all that. So if you can make it look a little cooler, it'd be nice. But but definitely make it safer. If you're going to put all, the, you know, that goofiness on your head, you might as well make it make it safe for for us putting that goofy thing on our head. So we'll have to see how this one plays out because this is uh, this was the new big announcement. Hmm. Uh, this is 30 years after Trek uh, announced they were uh, manufacturing a carbon fiber frame. Hmm. Uh, their OLCV, I think it is, yeah. or is that the yeah? Um, OCLV, so uh, yeah, something like that. What yeah, 21, 22, us. whatever it takes. <laughs> Anyhow, so I, I'm kind of excited they got some studies on this, and I haven't really studied up on it too much, but. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm really interested in seeing what this uh, what this looks like. Yeah, sounding good. Yeah, and so do bees hanging out in your helmet then? If if it's like a honeycomb or like, no, can you make honey at the same time as you're riding? Or it's not a honeycomb. It's more of a wave. But unless I said honeycomb, you wouldn't get the visual picture. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. getting it. I, I hear what you're okay. throwing down. So cool. Yeah. Well, good. Well, good. Well. Well, good. Anything else going on in your world, Mark? I, I know we've got an interview. Murph is talking to some team in Minnesota. I guess we ran out yeah. of Iowa teams, so we had to we had to go north and get some <laughs> Minnesota teams. So, uh, but they apparently got a pretty cool concept going on. So, I'm kind of anxious to hear cool. what Murph's talking about. So, yeah, yeah. So, anything else going on that you need to bring up right now? Or if not, we're just going to yeah. get to to Murph Murphology in uh, her interview with the team out of Minnesota. Sounds good. Just Go Bike podcast listeners, a.k.a. Murph here with another edition of Just Go Bike. Um, so you may or may not know about the Alma Center. 
It's a facility in Wisconsin whose mission is to end domestic violence, rebuild the relationships between men and their families and communities, and drastically decrease the likelihood men will return to prison. So years ago, Team Alma was born. And you may be asking, okay, first of all, what's the Alma Center and what the heck is Team Alma? Well, Team Alma is a regbri team uh, that was born years ago. Team members work together to raise funds for the Alma Center, but they also use the bicycle to connect with each other and build community. So um, one of our listeners thought it would be great for us to get some people from the Alma Center on the podcast. So I would like to welcome Terry, who is co-captain of the Ragbright team and also founder of Alma Center. So hey, Terry. Hey, Kathy. Uh, nice to have you here. And then also... So yeah, and then also with us is James, who rode Ragbri last year, so I'm really excited to find out uh, what he thought of riding his bicycle across Iowa. Um, and also he'll be playing a role in this year's Ragbri. Is that right, James? Yes. Yeah, well, nice to have you both on the podcast. Um, I'm going to get right in here, and let's talk first about maybe a little bit of history of how Team Alma went from a vision to reality. Okay, so Team Alma started six years ago. It was myself and one other person from our organization, Floyd. Um, and honestly, I don't know what put the crazy notion in our head to bike across <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> we were connected with um, a group of people who had formed a team, and they asked us to join our team, join their team, or just to bike with them. And um, Somehow at that moment in our history, it made sense. So neither of us had a bike. Neither <laughs> of us had a tent. Neither of us um, looked at the website at all, nor did we read any of the emails that the team sent us. And on the week before we were ready to go to Regbri, we didn't really even have an idea of how we were going to get there. Just to let you know, the origins were not well planned. <laughs> not well planned at all. Oh, that's awesome. And and I bet you 100 people listening right now are like, yep, that was my first Regbri as well. <laughs> yes, and, we, um, and now it's six years later, and we can't imagine a summer without it. Yeah, so you went from um, a team of two that very mm -hmm. first year, you and Floyd. And where are you now? This year we're going to have, what, 25 people on our team. 25, wow. That's awesome. Or and that's where we're at right now. We still have a couple weeks before the final deadline. Sure, sure. Well, uh, maybe give us some ideas about some of your team members. Like, are they all um, employees of Team Alma? Are they people that uh, work or live in your facility? Um, our team members are... They define the word diverse. Nice. They are a group of people who would not, under typical circumstances in life, be spending time with each other, let alone a week together biking across the state and camping with each other in farm fields and people's yards. Just would not happen. We wouldn't be even sitting around eating a meal with each other. So when I say that, I mean um, we have um, people who uh, who work in the criminal justice system. We have a U.S. attorney, a former police officer, um, people who are executive directors of community-based organizations and social service organizations in town, 
healers, psychiatrists, um, mental health workers, and we also, uh, our team includes men who are returning to the community from incarceration um, and may have been on the other side of having conversations with these folks earlier in life and are now, you know, part of a community together and really getting to know each other as human beings. Um, And that is a, it's an incredible way that we've created friendships, um, true friendships where people have gotten to know life stories and gotten to know like personalities and who, who people are on a level that wouldn't have been possible. It seems like wouldn't have been possible any other way. Sure. Well, um, maybe a silly question, but how in the heck did you talk some of these people into uh, getting on a bicycle and riding across the state of Iowa? By being very annoying and persistent. (laughs) Like they just kept asking and asking and asking? Yeah, yeah. And we might have told that we might have told people that it wasn't very hard. <laughs> we, we might have said anybody can do it. If you can bike twenty miles at a time, you can bike across Iowa. Yeah. And and we, we you know, that's true. That is true. <laughs> you, you you rarely bike more than twenty miles at a time on rag bike because there's always a food stand or something to see to get off your bike and relax a little bit. That is true, but I think that all of us have found that the physical part of the journey is only one part and might be the easiest part. It's the emotional part of the journey of being um, unattached to all the ways that you've defined yourself as well as all the things that bring you comfort in life. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, James, uh, tell us a little bit about your first RAGBRAI. Like, were you uh, somebody who cycled um, the rest of the year? Um. No, not really. Um, like, I, I, I come, I come from the the trenches. I guess I'm one of the formerly incarcerated people who ride, mm-hmm. and and being in Iowa on a bike isn't something that I I normally undertake. It's, it's not where I saw myself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Spend spending a week in July. Yeah, um, sitting on a so very small saddle. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was, it was intense for the, the first couple of days while I acclimated to um, being in just a, a foreign place with foreign people. Um, I may as well have been in in Taiwan. Yeah. And, and um, so I, I, but as I got acclimated, um, it got to be really fun talking to people as we share a little road space or, or sit on the curb in one of the the middle towns and, and, and knowing people who I see from nine to five during the week um, on a more intimate basis, just building that community outside of the community I come from. Yeah. And uh, when you look at Ragbri and your team, uh, did you guys camp each night, or did you have homestays, or were you lucky enough to be in air conditioning? <laughs> you are funny, Kathy. No, we, <laughs> camped, we camped every night, and last year our luxurious campsites included one without bathroom facilities. Oh, <laughs> like gosh, just, yeah. It, we, we arrived, and it was an empty lot. But that's the beauty of, of the community, because we ended up, befriending um the neighbor who lived next to the empty lot who was what he was 90 years old right oh wow 90 years old and a a vet and he 
lived in the town his entire life and he was able to tell us all kinds of stories about the town and the bike ride coming through and then he opened up his shower and his toilet in his basement to us. Uh, Isn't that great? Iowa hospitality is just amazing. It was really amazing and I I think it was many of our um, team members, it was a favorite place of many of our team members because he created um, an experience that added to our community. He was a great storyteller (laughs) <laughs> and a great um what's that what's the word what's the way to say this giving 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 host. G- yeah a host but also he could uh um give it back to people you know he was oh. a joker yeah. <laughs> sure <laughs> sure yeah he when when staying here is when i started to realize how nice the people in iowa are and, and I, I started to call them america's canadians <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, when you look at uh, your team, Alma, um, you're basically, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you're working towards building a community within your uh, team, but then you're mm-hmm. also raising funds for the Alma Center. Is that true? Yes, it is. So tell us a little bit about the Alma Center and where those funds go. Right. Well, we um, we work to support uh, support men in healing what has happened to them, understanding that people get involved in situations in, uh, in the criminal justice system because they're carrying a lot of pain themselves, understanding that it is hurt people who hurt people. And our way out of that is to support people in doing their own healing so that they can break the cycle um, for themselves and for their family. And so the money that we raise as a collective team goes to programming um, that helps support the process of healing and change for for men returning to the community from incarceration, um, as well as people who are out in the community and really struggling to have respectful, nurturing, and intimate relationships because it's just something that they have not um, experienced in their life mm-hmm. and have not really had the um, the uh, the chance in life really to learn how to connect to other people on that level. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how you view your norms once you find out they're not the norms of everyone else. And things like RAGBRAI um, are, are some of the things that we do here that take people out of their norms and, and expand their world a bit from the isolation of trauma. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been in existence? This is our... our 15th year. Oh, nice. Very mm-hmm. nice. And you're located in Milwaukee? We are located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Milwaukee, yes. Wisconsin. All right. Well, we'll have to make sure at the end here we give a shout out to like your website or, you know, places where people can donate. So, oh, um, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned that you have uh, 25 riders so far. So, you are going to have a team again this year. Yes. All right. And what kind of training do you guys do? <laughs> Well, we gather up on Sundays and take bike rides with each other. That usually ends with a great big Sunday evening barbecue. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then we do have the opportunity to work with um, a trainer. So we have two two times a week that we work with a trainer. Um, and, and then people do bike rides throughout the week on their own. But we definitely have one um, team bike ride a week. And... And this year, I think we're going to have additional opportunities because I think we're recognizing that the physical part, we need to pay more attention to getting people ready physically to bike across Iowa. Sure, yeah. 
And the eating part, too, it comes to play because there is so much food on RegBra. I mean, every time you turn around. And for me, at least, you know, when you're like, all right, I'm biking 50 or 60 or 70 miles today, I can eat whatever I want. I bet you, you know, most of the years I come home, I'm either the same weight or I've gained a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. You call it um, pedal meditation that that. For me, every year when I go on regular, I make this big list of things I'm going to think about when I'm on the road mm-hmm. and how I'm going to consider my life. And I'm going to come back with all these things um, figured out. And then I get on the road and the only thing I, thing I think about is pedaling and what I'm going to eat at the next town. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called, I call it pedal meditation because by the end of the ride, even though not thinking about any of those things, all of that stuff ends up resolved anyway. Because it's just freeing your mind and being actually completely in the moment of what is happening because you really don't have any other choice. Uh, There's so many bikers on the road. You have to be paying attention. You have to be fully present. And that is such a, um, such the powerful transformative agent. That's why it's hard to almost impossible to imagine a summer without it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. got, Got my mind free. I'm good. And such so well said that you literally are in the moment. I mean, you yes. you can't think about all the other stuff happening in your life because you you just don't have the capacity. Nope, you do not have the capacity, and it doesn't mean that it's not happening. It's not your brain's not processing it. It means yeah. that our brilliant brain can work while we're focused in the now, and that's and all of those things can resolve. All the big heavy stuff you think you're carrying just resolves on the bike. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I want to go right now. <laughs> Although I would say the Bye, same. Kathy. Yeah, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, though. My body's not. <laughs> well, um, let me ask James first, but I would like to ask both of you your perception of this. But um, James, like what change did you feel as a team member, you know, from the beginning of Ragbride till the end? Um, as a team member, like a change in my team? Yeah, yeah. Um. It, it was it was interesting to watch the 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 way like the 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 night gathering grows like the the um like self-imposed isolation of people as they get more and more comfortable um with one another ends and 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 people begin to come more communally to like the group around the fire mm-hmm. or whatever at the end of the night um Whereas in the beginning it was three or four people in in a lot of zipping tents, right, <laughs> and probably like just collapsing because you, you know, you're just your body's getting used to that uh, new uh, style of your day of just get on the bike, get off the bike, get on the bike, get off the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, and how about you, Terry? What co- sort of changes I'm do you see? What change you saw in yourself, not in the team. James. Because you're not hosting the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, are you curious about that too? I am. I am. That's actually the question, but yeah. Um, I, I became, uh, I guess less, less anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, my first couple of days of riding were real tense, um, shoulders at my ears, hunched over. I even had headphones in for the first half or the first day until I realized that people were screaming at me left and right and behind. And stuff. Sure. Oh, oh, I got to hear you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So like as 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 the ride went on, um, like I I was able to relax in myself, um, and know that I I was I was okay there, um, and and things were smooth, even though it was foreign and unfamiliar, it wasn't um like a danger, and, and my instincts could 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 go down some relax some yeah and and something to think about even though it's you know 10,000 people are on this bike ride you still go back to your normal life and there's very few people that can say they biked you know over 400 miles in a week across the state of Iowa I mean it's it's a pretty big accomplishment feels pretty great to dip your tire in the Mississippi River yes (laughs) that is for sure yeah um so Terry what changes did you see in in the team members well, um, when we went from two people to, I think our first team we took was nine or 11 people, we realized, oh, there will be drama on our <laughs> team. <laughs> oh, it turns out when you take people, I mean, we're really stretching people outside the comfort zone. Sure. And, and that's a big leap. People are trusting us to um, to take this leap, trusting our team to take this leap. And when we get there... You know, there's a lot of euphoria on the way to get there, but then um, if you're taking the bus or driving across Iowa, you start to start to check your your watch, and you're like, "Man, we've been in this car for five hours and we're <laughs> driving, and we have to. The only way back is to bike, and that suddenly becomes real. It right. becomes real, right? <laughs> and then uh, the first night, when many when I would say a good one third of our team, wouldn't you say, Cross, have never been um, camping before. Mm. So settling people into tents, getting people on their bikes, it is, um, the drama comes because people are so outside their comfort zone. And the way that we know that people respond to that is just they get a little triggered. And Mm -hmm. and whatever they, however they respond to that, it flares up. So there's the beginning of our week, the first day, the first couple of days, we are we know that there's going to be mess. <laughs> right. Some flare-ups, let's say. And um and that was a surprise in our first first team effort. And then in our, you know, second team effort, we were like, oh, okay, this is part of the process. This is how community builds. Is that <laughs> you have chaos and yes. you have people like, what? No, we're doing like I don't know, lots of stuff flares up and then you move through it and everybody realizes they're going to be okay. Like you get like, it's also settling into, Oh wow, I can do this. I just biked 70 miles today. Yeah. Do this. We're a hundred. We're a hundred. I just biked a hundred miles today. I think I can do this thing. And an incredible appreciation grows across people. I think because you're all in this boat together and you really realize like my legs are hurting, my butt is hurting, and so are yours. And right. I see you I see you barely walking to get your to get the food line and that's how I'm feeling. And sudden and all of the differences kinda um become less important and the drama drops off and the commonality of just like a shared experience really brings the team together that by um that I would say on the first day, people are like, how do I get a bus and get my butt out of this situation? <laughs> how do I get home? And by the last day, people are like, I don't want to leave right. my team. <laughs> I love you guys. Right. 
Right. Mm-hmm. I saw a, a photo of Team Alma, and I assume it's when you're dipping the river in the Mississippi, and it just looks like so warm and inviting, and it looks like everyone's best friends. And, you know, I'm sure that the week, you know, people weren't best friends all week long, but at that very <laughs> moment, it's so, like, emotional. It's a great photo. Thank you. Yeah. Euphoria. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of advice do you, would either of you give someone who's like, I, I can't do RAGBRAI, it's, it's too far, or there's no way I can train for it? What, what would you say to them? Um, I'd say uh, it's easier than it sounds. Um, and proper preparation prevents poor performance. Mm, very <laughs> good. You know, yep. the plan, you plan to fail. Um, it, it's a lot nicer when you when you when you got things um, figured out a bit ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I said before, um, if you could bike twenty miles at a time, you can make rag bride. That's what we tell people, and I know that that's that that people need more preparation, as James said for it. But I still kind of stick with that. That's the way I approach it. I did. I never look at the whole package. I'm just like, okay, how many miles between where I'm at right now and the next time I'm getting some food? (laughs) Okay, 16.9, I'm good. I can do that. Okay, (laughs) you know, 10.2, got it. I got that. And it just keeps going like segment by segment for me. I think looking at the whole package is Oh, it can be really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I ride ahead real fast and then take a nap and then finish the second half. <laughs> oh, that's very smart. Yeah. 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 That's the other part I think is to do, to do your own bike ride. And in the last year, we um, really, last couple of years, we really spent a lot more time gathered up as a team. We always met at the midway. And I think knowing that you have other team members who are, just there waiting on you makes it a really um, powerful experience as well because you're like okay we wear bright pink fluorescent shirts and you're like and you're approaching the town we always wait at the um the a shade tree just as you're entering town to gather up our team and as you're coming into town and you're like is that pink do i see my team <laughs> like pink shirts it's such a great feeling right like, okay i found my people right Right. And like you said, you know, you have that sense of um, you're a group together, but then you also can spread out and do Mm -hmm. your own ride, whether it's like James says, you know, pedal real fast and then, you know, hang out at a shade tree or Mm -hmm. people that want to just stop at every cornfield and take a photo or, you know, view the scenery, those sorts of things. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. it's, It's a cool experience of being an individual while on a team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do both of you see bicycling continuing to be in your future? I like to bicycle. Yeah. Well, I'm pro- I'm a lot older than James, so <laughs> biking is in my future because, uh, yeah, you can do it for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. The um the person who we were talking about, the ninety year old person, the um couple who we stayed with, his best friend who we grew up with in the town, who wasn't he ninety two, James? had biked that day on the ride. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. yeah 91 and had fun. Yeah, 91 <laughs> and fun. So, yes, it's a great, um, I mean, I love it because of what I was describing, because the pedal meditation of just yeah. freeze your mind. And I love it because while you're freeing your mind, you get to eat anything you want because you're burning <laughs> calories at the same time. <laughs> very true, very true. 
Well, if somebody wants to learn more about or donate to the Alma Center or to Team Alma, where where should they go? Mightycause.com slash Team Alma 2019. And you could also find that page through our website at www.almacenter.org. So almacenter.org. And then, James, you said what's it called? The uh, Mighty Cause? mightycause.com slash Team Alma 2019. Sounds good. Well, last questions for both of you. Um, you know, Ragbri is known for pie. So if <laughs> I had to say to you, what's your favorite pie on Ragbri, what would you say? Uh-oh. I was disappointed. You were disappointed with the pies? Yeah, it was geeked up for me. And I, I, I had one where the crust wasn't mad flaky. And I was like, oh. mm. <laughs> Oh my gosh! You this is the time when you're supposed to bluff a little bit, James. <laughs> <laughs> so, James, are you saying you only had one? So, James, what did you love? What food did you love? <laughs> oh, um, man, you can't say you only had Tons one of piece meat. of pie the whole week. You, yeah, you can't judge all the pie on one piece of non-flaky true, crust. True, true. <laughs> But Aaron, I didn't have anything that was inedible. I ate that pie. <laughs> but okay. no, the, the, I, the thing I kept going back to was those turkey legs, the smoked turkey legs. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're so filling. So I think the thing that my comment on the pie is that there needs to be more of it because we were, I was on the group of my team that liked to lounge at the our night camping spot. And we started out a little bit later, and our arrival in town usually meant the pie was gone, oh, and it was devastating. Yeah. And we, <laughs> the pies that I wanted were gone, so I say more pie, more pie. Yeah. But last there was this thing. Oh my God! It was a beef Sunday. Remember that? Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it a mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes which oh, it was chip beef, which you. Which sounds really disgusting when you talk about it now in 90 degrees <laughs> heat and you're like, but it was advertised along the side of the road and you're like, oh, what? I got to try it. Sunday, yeah. I'm going to get that. <laughs> Sunday, steaming mashed potatoes. Yeah. yeah, but it sounds like it's all comfort food, so it probably was delicious. It was, it was so delicious. good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I remember one day, kind of your deal, where I came in a little bit further back and there was a big table full of pies. I was so excited, but they were all sugar-free. It was like what was left. And and it was probably like James's deal where I was like, oh, my gosh, there's no way. Why would you eat pie if it was sugar-free? So (laughs) the crust did not look flaky. One of the people on our team, Olivia, is the um, the fresh donut spotter. Mm. <laughs> she can she can like see the fresh donut sign from miles away. It seems that it like passes down the line. <laughs> fresh donuts up ahead. Fresh donuts up ahead. Like, <laughs> the, uh, the food is such a huge part of Reg Bride. Yeah, well, it, the, and the corn. Oh my god. Yeah. Just, I mean, we could talk about food forever, but last year was that court was that beef Sunday. Mm-hmm. Somebody, just a house that was on the Snake River, they were frying up catfish and giving away little samples of the catfish. Oh, they nice! Of river. That was extraordinary. And then another house in what I can't remember what town that was that they were doing the corn roast. Remember, just on that yeah. in the out of their garage. That, yeah, with their own money. Yes, yeah. both of those were just families with their own money, just feeding the rag riders. Uh. 
back to that Iowa hospitality, right? It was something. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It was nice talking to both you, Terry and James. And um, I'm going to be looking for those pink jerseys this year on Ragbri and see if I can <laughs> spot you guys at maybe at Midtown or at the end. Kathy, how are we going to find you? What What do we look at? What are we looking for to find you? Well, I um, have a pink bicycle. So oh. you will always see me wearing or on a pink bicycle. And I usually ride my bike self-contained. So I have bags in the front and the back. So if you ever see a girl with a pink bike and full of bags, that's probably me. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to pack a pink jersey in yeah. our, our bags when we find you to pass it on so that you can be totally can pink. You easier. Yeah. On the- <laughs> totally pinked out. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. And uh, listeners, be sure to check out almacenter.org just to kind of find more information. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, listeners, I leave you with a quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from Fresco's Law. If you really knew what you were doing, you'd probably be bored. Think about it. That's right, this is AP and this is Parrot Talk. Why am I so excited today? Well, a couple reasons. First of all, it's spring. Can't not be excited about that. Uh, Second of all, we have a Murph Day birthday coming up. Big milestone birthday coming up for Murphology, aka Murph, aka Kathy Murphy. And I'm so excited to go celebrate it with her. Um, on Friday the 22nd, I don't know whether or not that will have be the day that this podcast is released or if it will already have passed or I don't, I don't know. Okay. So just wish her a birthday. Happy birthday. Um, third of all, it's March Madness, baby. Uh, my beloved Butler Bulldogs did not make it into March Madness this year. So obviously I'm crushed, but the Hawkeyes, my other alma mater did. So excited about that. They're going to go all the way, baby. Uh, they're going to be a bracket buster. I have put in two brackets to the pool this year, one in which Iowa wins and one in which they do not. I will not reveal my picks unless I win, although I have won a couple years in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give away my secrets. We can talk about it later. Ask me another time. Okay, then my other reason for being pumped is I got tickets to go see Tool in Des Moines, which I know completely unrelated to biking. But if you happen to be into Tool and you're there, come say hi. I will be in semi-incognito mode as Andrea Raven, the goth AP, instead of Andrea Parrot. So, woo. Okay, so let's move on to an actual Parrot Talk question, which I do have today, believe it or not. Um, I think I'm going to, today I'm going to continue on answering some questions from Tom, who wrote in earlier um, about charging his cell phone and some other questions about coming back to riding Ragbri after a long uh, time away. So this t- there's a couple other questions I'm going to save for a third uh, installment because, I, honestly, they haven't finalized the details that he's asking about yet. So in a week or two, I'll come back and circle around and finish asking, answering all the questions. So, all right. So today's question, uh, cash or credit, which is usually needed at most places on Ragbri? For example, I want to buy some gear at your merchandise trailer. Thank you. Do you only accept cash? No, we also accept credit cards or checks. Uh, 
our traveler's checks. I mean, we'll take almost anything at the merchandise trailers. Although we're the most, uh, we and the bike shops are probably the most flexible as far as what payment types we'll take. Not everywhere will take credit cards. So we get, I would definitely bring cash. Um, and even if you can find an ATM, it's not guaranteed that it will have any money in it because these small town ATMs don't generally just stock a bunch of cash unless they're aware that RAGBRAI is coming. And in that case, you never know. The other thing about cash is that everyone brings their $20 bills or $50 bills or $100 bills and people run out of ca- change. I've run out of change. I know some other people have run out of change. Um, it can be hard to keep up when you have to break, you know, $120 bills, which is a great problem to have. I'm just saying it does happen because especially on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday in these rural towns, they have limited resources. So maybe bring both. I would say, now you guys can write in and give me a better estimate, but my estimate would be a minimum of $35 a day for food and drink. And now that varies a lot depending on if you like alcoholic drinks, because those cost a lot more. Obviously, you'd be tacking on who knows how much more per day. The other thing is that $35 would reflect a pretty minimal supply of Gatorade. I mean, you can find a Gatorade for a dollar or two dollars pretty cheap, but they do add up over time and you want to try to balance that with some water or bring some packets of like drink mix or something else. So when I would ride RAGBRAI, now this has been, you know, eight years or something. It's been a long time since I've ridden RAGBRAI, but what I would do is keep some of that cash in my bike bag that I would have, then I wouldn't leave my bike bag anywhere. I don't want to get anything to get taken, although I seriously doubt it ever would. But just to be on the safe side, put some in your bike bag, put some in different places around your duffel bag, um, put some, you know, just kind of spread it out. Not because I think someone would take it, but because you're tired and you're absent-minded and you might leave your bag somewhere or you might leave the tent without remembering to pack your cash and you probably don't want to carry it all with you at the same time because let's say what if you were in, God forbid, some accident and you were separated from your bike bag and then you have no cash. So it's good to kind of mix it up as far as how you carry the cash Um, and of course your credit card. I would probably, that being said, only care, if possible, only carry one credit card. I like to go through my wallet and only take what I think I'll definitely need, like my insurance card, my ID, one credit card, and then the cash. So that just in case your wallet falls out of your jersey pocket, you're not totally doomed as financially or like trying to get your stuff back together. So um, in, in his question, Tom asked, in 1996, I still remember handing the pork chop guy a Lincoln and getting the best pork chop I ever had. So I guess his son still only accepts cash. That's a cute story. I love that. I don't know if Mr. Porkchop Jr. still accepts only cash or not. Not aware. But I love the idea of getting the best pork chop of your life for five bucks. Now, and that kind of ties into Tom's next question. On one episode, previous episode of the podcast, we mentioned pork wings. Is that a thing? And what are my chances of finding that on RAGBRAI? Are there any other pork treats, not chops, bacon, or pulled pork barbecue that I should look for? Yes and yes. Short version. Um, pork wings. I've seen them on RAGBRAI. You won't find them in every town, but if you see them, you should try them. Because basically what they are are boneless 
pork chops cut into strips and then treated as if they were a ring, a ring, a wing. So they're, you know, kind of fried up and they got some delicious barbecue sauce on them. And they're about the same size as chicken wings, but those things are good. So yeah, I would try those given the opportunity. Um, are there any other pork treats that I should look for? Well, definitely try a pork tenderloin. I'm not sure if you have ever not had, I couldn't believe that you would never have had one, but, or if you just forgot it off your list, but that is a must eat. And the rule of a pork tenderloin is it needs, the meat patty needs to be larger than the bun, or it's not really a pork tenderloin sandwich. It just isn't. And it needs to come with those little cafeteria, the yellow and the red squirt bottle so that you can pour on as much ketchup and mustard as you want, but it shouldn't come with ketchup and mustard on it. Okay. And maybe a couple of teeny tiny little pickles that look hilarious on that giant patty and maybe some onion rings, maybe some tomato. Definitely try a tenderloin sandwich. No question. Um, I think that's about it. Well, if you can think of any other delicious pork dishes that Tom needs to try, let me have it. Oh, I know handballs. Gotta try a handball. Oh, those things look so incredibly unnatural. I mean, it's like um, a racquetball sized chunk of ham. But let me tell you, it is kind of sweet, kind of salty, kind of delicious. My favorite ones are like kind of caramelized mapley flavor. Oh boy. Definitely try a handball um, if you haven't tried those before. Yeah. So if you guys can think of any other ham or pork related delicious products, let us know. You can tweet me at ragby underscore Andrea, or you can get a hold of us at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can do what Tom did and write to us at Podcast at gmail.com. I do check that occasionally, I swear. Um, so that's about it for today. I'm going to go watch some basketball and um, have a great day. Bye.